are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to this hump day edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Today is December 16th, 2020, and we are on to New England on this podcast. We are putting Kansas City in the rearview mirror. We are on to the New England Patriots, a rematch from week one, and quite a bit has changed between now and week one for both the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots, and that is what we are going to attend to today on the show, outlining all of the differences between where these teams started to where they are now. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. As we begin to outline the changes uh, for Dolphins versus Patriots, unfortunately, sometimes more things change, the more things stay the same. When the New England Patriots faced the Miami Dolphins in week one of the 2020 season, New England found a great deal of success defensively once wide receiver Devontae Parker left the field with a minor injury. Entering week 15, Devontae Parker's status is once again in question against the New England Patriots after suffering a slight hamstring sprain against the Kansas City Chiefs. Parker's injury was just one of several that the Dolphins' skill players endured throughout the course of the game against Kansas City, but his absence was the most notable because he did not log a single catch as Miami's most impactful receiver. There seems to be some level of optimism from those in the know that Parker should be able to dress in Week 15 against New England, but if he does not, the Dolphins will be greatly challenged to come up with consistent offense and moving the football because of the amount of tension that the Patriots will be able to provide elsewhere when the Dolphins have the football. So as we kind of put each one of these two teams under the microscope, I'd like to start with Miami, and and obviously week one feels like ages ago. New England won 21-11. Miami had three turnovers. Ryan Fitzpatrick had some brutal interceptions, took 10-plus points off the board in what could have been a Dolphins win very easily. Uh, And I think that the biggest thing that stands out is the quarterback change, of course. Uh, But if I didn't want to go with like the easy layup for things that are different, for the Dolphins in Week 15 versus what we saw in Week 1. Consider this. The Dolphins gave up 217 rushing yards defensively against the New England Patriots in Week 1, but they've given up just 221 rushing yards over the course of the last three games combined on the ground. So after the disastrous loss 20-13 against the Denver Broncos in Week 11, which the Dolphins conceded 189 rushing yards on the ground. The Dolphins followed that up, giving up 87 to the Jets, 40 to the Bengals, and 94 to the Chiefs. Granted, two of those teams are not very good football teams in the year 2020. The Jets winless, the Bengals two wins. But when you look at the Patriots' roster from a talent's perspective, They don't necessarily have a 
talented roster. Their offensive line right now features Jermaine Illuminor, Joe Thune, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and rookie Michael Inwenya. Thune, Andrews, and Mason is one of the better interior offensive lines in all of football. But the Dolphins have seen Zach Sealer prosper in the time that has passed from week one. Raekwon Davis is obviously playing a much more prominent role. And the Dolphins have taken it personally that they've given up running room on the ground. The Dolphins defenders saying that they have had players-only meetings uh, to kind of work through their issues with the run defense, and it's paid dividends over the course of the last three weeks. That will be essential to Miami's success in this football game because can you consider how poorly the offense is playing for New England they scored 45 points two weeks ago, and like they had 291 yards of offense. They had 126 passing yards and scored 45 points and shut out the Chargers. Absolutely unbelievable. They are, over the course of the past month, they've played five games. Baltimore, Houston, Arizona, Los Angeles Chargers, Los Angeles Rams. They are averaging 286 yards of offense per game over the course of those Five football games. Now, granted, they're three and two. They beat the Chargers, Cardinals, and Ravens. But that Ravens game turned into a, a rain slot fest in Foxborough. Uh, the Cardinals were successful, had Kyler Murray successfully boxed in. And the Chargers was just a total oddity game in just about every way, shape, and form that you can get. New England had 10 first downs against the Rams last week. And the Dolphins' defense may not be statistically ranking as high as the Los Angeles Chargers do, but the Dolphins' defense has the potential to be just as effective. You potentially could see Kyle Van Noy and Elena Roberts back in the mix. Uh, Jerome Baker stepped up in a big way in Week 14 against the, the Chiefs. I like the Dolphins' defense's odds of playing a much better game up front because you've lost Devon Godshall, but you've replaced him with Zach Sealer in a more prominent role and Raekwon Davis, who's been one of the better nose tackles in all of football over the course of the past month or two. That's a huge gain for Miami when you have to combat that interior line of the New England Patriots. Patriots, both tackles are... uh, Compromise the right word, and when you was the sixth offensive lineman when these teams met the first time. Isaiah Wynn is on injured reserve. He is eligible to come back, but that injury dynamic of Patriots offense versus Dolphins defense, uh, there's a number of players that that are in new places, and, and Miami's defense is better than what it was in the first month of the season. New England's offense is worse than what it was in the first month of the season. You look at the players who are on injured reserve. Some of these guys may get back into the fold. Uh, they may be activated this week to play, but offensively, Yanni Kajust and Isaiah Wynn, two offensive tackles. Running back Rex Burkhead. Wide receiver Julian Edelman, tight end Ryan Izzo. Players, three of those four players, three of those five players, had very prominent roles in the Patriots' win against the Dolphins in Week 1. New England may get a handful of them back. They will not get all of them back. Offensively for Miami. Let's just stay with the Dolphins to start. Uh, Obviously, we've seen an evolution of the quarterback position and what the offensive play calling looks like, the tendencies and RPOs and so on and so forth. 
um, this team a little bit more creative as of late as far as getting some bells and whistles in the offense to try and create some chunk plays. The Lynn Bowden package uh, is only going to get bigger, and I think Lynn Bowden's a big X factor in this football game for the Dolphins because Mike Isecki, probably not going to play. Don't hold your breath. Jakeem Grant, probably not going to play. Don't hold your breath. Devontae Parker, he needs to play. He has a slight hamstring sprain. Even if he plays and he's not fully healthy, his presence and the attention that he will command is enough to be a benefit to the Dolphins that Devontae Parker needs to play on Sunday. Lim Bowden, however, did not play the first time these two teams played, and Lim Bowden has accounted for over 130 yards of offense over the last two games for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's a Swiss Army nice. He's a chess piece, and he's more explosive than a lot of the receivers that the Dolphins were trotting out there with consistency, the Isaiah Fords of the world, in week one when these two teams played the first time. Separation was a big issue for the Dolphins. So having a new quarterback, a quarterback who has been uh, selective with his aggressive shots and ball security, and he's shown pinpoint accuracy, and uh, everybody's going to talk about the rookie quarterbacks against Bill Belichick or 5-20 and 20 or whatever it is, and yeah, but this roster for New England is not to the caliber of what previous ones have been. It is a worse a roster in worse situation than what it was in Week 1 when the two teams played. And Tua Tungvaloa, over the course of the past two weeks, has really gotten his feet underneath him as far as what the Dolphins have put on his plate, the no huddle, and operating the offense with a high degree of efficiency in spurts. We need to avoid some of the sacks taken. Uh, that have killed drives for Miami, and that was a really big snowball effect for getting them behind as quickly as it happened against the Chiefs. But that's kind of... Those are the differences for the Dolphins specifically when you think about what the teams look like. We, of course, covered the injuries for New England, and we are going to talk now about what New England is doing differently on both sides of the football versus early in the season and how that could eventually... Help us determine who's going to win this football game on Sunday. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less. Up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. So I'm sitting here recording Locked On Dolphins. It's it's the morning on Wednesday, December 16th, and I just realized you guys have probably heard uh, the debut of Madeline on the podcast. She's she's sitting here with me. And so if you hear the little squeaks in the background, just know that she's agreeing with everything her dad is saying about the Dolphins and this Week 15 showdown with the New England Patriots. So what's the what's the, what are the biggest changes for the New England Patriots who... Started 1-0, obviously, with a win over Miami. Uh, but they were 2-5 and five after losing to the Buffalo Bills. 
and they've now rebounded to six and seven. They got to six and six. Looked like you know maybe they were going to make a last second push, try and run the table because they've got uh, Rams, Dolphins, Bills, Jets, but then they lost to the Rams. Uh, this has potential to be kind of that like let down. Uh, our last press came up short kind of game where you're emotionally exhausted and, and demoralized by the fact that you know you were hoping to squeak into the playoffs and that's gotten away from them. So that's in Miami's favor. But the thing that stands out to me the most is this team had 15 turnovers offensively over the course of the first seven games of the season. 15, that's a ton, and that was in that 2-5 and five start. In the 4-2 and two stretch that they have had since, they beat the Jets. Granted, they needed a miracle to beat the Jets on Monday Night Football. The Ravens, the Cardinals, the Chargers, and lost to the Texans and Rams. Uh, they have just three turnovers in those six games. They had two in the win over Arizona, and they had one turnover against the Rams. So New England is doing a much better job of protecting the football, but at what cost? The cost is their ability to effectively move the football and generate yardage on offense. So they turn everything into street fights, and everything is a slugfest. They're all possession-based football games. And uh, that that's something that Miami cannot afford a slow start with because the Dolphins are not a team that can consistently run the football, so they need to jump on top and get New England out of their formula very quickly and force New England to chase the game because if you force the Patriots to chase this football game, what's going to end up happening is those turnovers and lapses in decision-making, they're going to come back because you're going to force the Patriots to take more snaps and put the ball in the air more times than what they want to do. There's a reason why they're playing the formula that they are. And it probably has something to do with the fact that Cam Newton has thrown five touchdown passes this season in 12 starts and 10 interceptions. Very poor numbers from Cam Newton. And you look at the scope of Cam Newton's career and uh, what he is doing now. He has the third worst sack percentage uh, on dropbacks of his NFL career at 7.1% of his dropbacks are sacks. His average net yards per attempt, 5.23. In seasons in which he's played more than two games, which is everything 2018 and prior, uh, that is the lowest number in his career. His completion percentage is up, so that's a silver lining if you're looking for one. It's at 66.1%. This would be only the fourth time in his career he's had over 60% completion. His completion percent for his career is 60. But as we said, his ability to push the ball down the field, his adjusted net yards per attempt, 5.23, not very productive on a per-drop-back basis. And of course, there's the rushing dynamic of this. Uh, Cam has accounted for 11 touchdowns on the ground rushing the football. He's carried the ball 113 times. He's averaging 4.0 yards per carry. He got the Dolphins a lot the first time they played. So you have to be ready and wary of that. But when you take into account the the Patriots' skill player personnel, I'm going to go through who they have at their disposal. And you tell me, based off of the Dolphins having played teams like the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Cardinals, who scares you from a skill player's perspective? Knowing that the Patriots have shelled up their offense and been more selective to protect the football and prevent ball security and relying on their defense, not necessarily dissimilar to how the Dolphins do it. 
but the difference between the two teams is the Dolphins still have to pass to move the football. The Patriots run to move the football instead. Nikhil Harry, Demir Bird, Jacoby Myers, Gunnar Olszewski, Matthew Slater, Dante Moncrief, those are the wide receivers right now listed on the active roster. We may get Julian Edelman back this week. We may. He's eligible. Bill Belichick said he's day-to-day. Tight end possession. Devin Asai Asai, Dalton Keene, Jordan Thomas, Ryan Izzo on injured reserve. And then the running backs, uh, Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, James White, J.J. Taylor, and Jacob Johnson. This skill group is one of the worst in the league, if we're being completely honest. And the Patriots have lost both starting tackles from the first time they played. And Cam Newton is not being asked to do effectively anything but putting the ball in the air. So if you can get on top of New England early, that is the ticket. Defensively for the Patriots, they kind of are who we thought they were. There's not a lot that has changed there. They are persistent in generating turnovers. Uh, There's only one game this season in which they have not forced a turnover. It was the loss to the Houston Texans. Uh, They are generally stingy. They're top 10 in the NFL in scoring defense. They are among the NFL's best in penalties incurred against them. They play very good special teams. It's weird. It's almost like Bill Belichick was the mentor of of Brian Flores coming through the coaching ranks because the identities of these teams are very similar. And the question you have to ask yourself is where do they differ and which one lends itself better to having success this week? So from the Patriots' perspective, it's really interesting because they run the football, they're power-oriented, but they're missing both starting tackles from the first time they played the Dolphins. And the Dolphins' defensive line is playing at a much higher level than what they did the first time they played. Conversely, the Dolphins, new quarterback, more dynamic, less turnovers, but you're missing a bunch of your skill players. So there's questions from both sides. Uh, So what advantages can we glean from where? Uh, We look at Miami is at home. New England has to travel. Uh, It is a rare... Uh, advantage that the Dolphins have in the division in that they're kind of on their island, so when their road games come, their travel is always longer. But the three home games that they have is a more pronounced advantage because New England, Buffalo, and the Jets are all very closely clustered. Like It's a big flight to go to Miami. So New England has to travel. New England just saw their postseason aspirations effectively axed by the Los Angeles Rams with a convincing defeat. Mathematically speaking, the Patriots are still alive at 9-7, and seven, but the Dolphins have the opportunity to axe that this week with a win. Could this be a potential mental letdown game for the Patriots based off of the way they performed? They had a little bit of extra rest, but they've also had a little extra time to stew on the fact that your season is effectively over. You are, you are not making the playoffs for the first time in like 19 years. You hate to see it. Uh, and alternatively for the Dolphins, you have the dynamics of revenge. Uh, you know, the, you've heard Dolphins players throughout the course of the rest of the season talk about how they take it personally when teams try to run the ball on them. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Patriots ran the ball on you, 217 yards. So you have a redemption and revenge dynamic for Miami, uh, defensively, specifically, and from each of the teams because the Patriots won the first game. And the Dolphins have more to play for, and they have more to lose. And they're coming off of a tough loss to a Kansas City Chiefs team in which they're coming out of that game, and they're saying, we can play with anybody in this league. Let's get to the dance and see how it shakes out. 
So I think a lot of the superlative variables that you can attach to this game, much more so than the personnel, because there's changes from each side of the fence, but there's also questions based on the changes that we've seen from week one. I think a lot of the superlatives skew towards the Dolphins' favor, but the challenge is how do you avoid that letdown? We will be touching base with Locked On Patriots tomorrow on the show, continuing the crossover series in season to explore what Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots thinks of this matchup. I've kind of given my impressions as I'm looking ahead and looking forward to hearing Mike's impressions of Miami based off of what we saw the first time they played and what we're going to get this time around. So make sure you hit subscribe. On Friday, we will build the game plan to beat the New England Patriots we got lots of good stuff coming the rest of this week. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening, and keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.